Oldex Eldar Weaponry Field Reference Guide Codex Eldar 3rd Edition Written by Gavin Thorpe With additional text by Andy Chambers, Jervis Johnson and Tuomas Perinin Pages 44 and 45 Narrated by R.J. Bailey Addendum Extract from Imperium Training Document File Eld slash 465 slash version 2C The information contained herein is intended as a field reference guide only. For more information and reports on Eldar weapons and known technology, see files 729585 through 944475. Knowledge is power. Guard it well. The Eldar are famed for their shuriken weapons. These range in size from the shuriken pistol up to the shuriken cannon, and all work on a similar principle. The ammunition is stored as a solid core of plastic crystal material that is forced up from the magazine by a magnetic repulsor. A series of rapid, high-energy impulses originate at the rear of the weapon, then move it forward at a terrific speed. These impulses detach a monomolecular slice of the ammunition core and hurl it from the weapon's barrel, while the ammunition core is kept in the line of the firing impulse by the magnetic repulsor. This allows the weapon to fire up to a hundred rounds of ammunition in a burst of one or two seconds, and each ammunition core is good for ten or more bursts of fire before it needs replacing. The downside of this firing mechanism is its lack of rifling on the barrel, which drastically reduces its accuracy, keeping the weapon's effective range below that of standard solid ammunition weapons of similar size. Eldar Shuriken ammunition recovered from battlefields of the Darien conflict. There are a wide variety of Shuriken patterns used by the Eldar. We are unable to ascertain whether varieties in shape and design are based upon ballistic grounds for longer ranges, better armor-piercing effect, etc., or just for aesthetic purposes. Notable aspects of the Shuriken catapult are the sighting link, solid core ammunition, and gravitic accelerator. Notable components of the Shuriken catapult are stabilizing gyroscopes, ammunition coil, triple accelerator field, coolant pipe for accelerator, and sighting array. Eldar laser weapons appear to function in a similar way to our own, using highly focused light beams to cause traumatic temperature change on impact with the target. However, they have far more efficient power generation and transmission systems, using artificially grown crystals to filter and refine the laser bursts to their optimum power and potency. This has given rise to such weapons as the Bright Lance, Scatter Laser, Las Blaster, and Prism Cannon. The Bright Lance's highly charged energy bolts are much more accurate than those of an Imperial issue Las Cannon, making armor under a certain thickness redundant. The Scatter Laser and Las Blaster use crystalline power cells to store up a charge of laser energy and then fire them in a concentrated burst much like our own multi-lasers, but in a far more energy-efficient manner. The Prism Cannon uses a two-stage firing process, 
with a medium-magnitude laser charge fed into a crystal prism which greatly amplifies the shot in a fraction of a second whilst dispersing the energy burst to target a wider area. Notable components of the prism cannon are primary charge chamber, laser acceleration chamber, magnetically shielded, prism focus adjustment motors, and the main prism. Notable components of the scatter laser are power cell, solid base, multi-lens laser, sighting array, and filtration lenses. Notable components of the bright lance are multiple lens filter and focus system within the barrel, power cell, solid base, and sighting array. Although Shuriken and laser technology form the bulk of the Eldar arsenal, they employ a number of large support weapons that use very sophisticated technologies. Most common of these are the Distorts Cannon, Shadow Weaver, and Vibro Cannon. The Distort Cannon uses a warp engine to collapse an area of real space, effectively creating a miniature warp hole. If the target is not wholly swept into warp space, it is most usually torn to pieces by the complex gravitational forces employed. Luckily, the D-cannon is relatively short-ranged and inaccurate by Eldar standards. The Shadow Weaver creates a dense monofilament mesh from an, an as-yet-unidentified organopolymer compound. This compound is kept in a liquid state within a magnetic reservoir, and when released through the thousands of microscopic firing ducts, is woven into a web-like cloud by spinning gravity clamps. The clouds are forced high into the air before they drift down, making them ideal for disrupting an attack and causing the Eldar's enemies to seek shelter. The Vibro Cannon contains a sonic field generator that creates a rapidly scaling wave of sonic energy, ranging from ultrasound to hypersonic frequencies. This wave is directed along a magnetic tunnel, and, when it hits, the resulting resonant frequencies shake the target apart. This is most evident when two or more vibro cannons cross their sonic beams, causing tremendously powerful disparate energy waves, which can damage even the toughest target. Notable components of the distort cannon are power cell, liquid base, warp core containment field generator, warp vanes, guidance system, and warp-slash-real-space-disruption module. Notable components of the Vibro Cannon are Sonic Disruptor, Resonant Harmonics Array, Varying Frequencies, and Magnetic Channel Projector. Weapon Iconography The meaning of many of these symbols is unknown to the Emperor's servants. Perhaps they form some badge of ownership, or are a record of the warrior's history, much like our own troops' kale markings. While a natural witchcraft pervades all elements of the Elder, their minds, their culture and technology. Confessor Barbarius. Like all war gear of the Eldar, their close combat weapons are highly advanced and well-crafted. As with most races, they make wide use of monomolecular edged blades and disruption power fields. However, there are also numerous other devices designed to overcome the foe in hand-to-hand -hand fighting. Perhaps the most fearsome is the Banshee Mask, 
which contains complex circuitry designed to amplify the howling banshee's war cries into a psychic shockwave which obliterates the nervous system and scrambles the brain's neural pathways, rendering the victim incapable for a few seconds or causing death in extreme cases. The striking scorpion's so-called mandiblaster is another example of exotic war gear. Triggered by a psychic pickup in the helmet, the mandiblaster fires a hail of needles at the foe which act as a conductor for a short-ranged but powerful laser sting. Comparisons have been drawn between the mandiblaster and the tormentor helm of certain Eldar pirates, which utilises a similar mechanism. The most notable component of the Banshee mask is the psychosonic amplifier, Howling Banshee Aspect Warriors. The most notable component of the mandiblaster is the needle conductive laser discharge unit, striking Scorpion's Aspect Warriors. The most notable aspect of the Eldar Power Sword is the genetic detector in the grip which prevents use when captured, as well as the crystalline power circuitry within the blade itself. Adeptum Astartes Ref 384Y89 slash Eld Chapter Approved In war, victory is one part planning and nine parts faith. You have been listening to Eldar Weaponry Field Reference Guide, pages 44 and 45. Codex Eldar, 3rd edition, written by Gavin Thorpe, with additional text by Andy Chambers, Jervis Johnson, and Tuomas Perinin, narrated by R.J. Bailey. Thank you to Gav Thorpe, Andy Chambers, Jervis Johnson, and Tuomas Perinin for writing the fiction I grew up with. Additional thanks to Tuomas for helping me pronounce his name correctly, or as near to it as we were able to get. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review where you found it, or like, share and subscribe on YouTube, depending how you're listening. This production, like all of Oldex, is entirely unofficial and uncommercial, from an out-of-print publication, is a derivative work with all copyrights owned by Games Workshop, and is a celebration of the hobby and lore I grew up with. If you have any suggestions for other old Codex fiction for me to narrate on this podcast, you can comment, contact me on Twitter at rjbailey, or email robertjbailey at gmail.com. Links are in the show description.